Welcome to the Ether. Today's Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Shade Protocol Weekly Twitter Space. Let's take a listen. I think this is the first time we're doing a Twitter Space with two two of the core developers. We have sysnj.silk, um, and we also have sbeam up here as well. So this is going to be a phenomenal opportunity for any technical questions for like highly nuanced questions surrounding shade land, uh, silk, arbitrage, pretty much anything. It's a, it's a really good representation here. Um, it'll, I think it would be fun pre mainnet launch to do a Twitter space with literally all of the devs and really show up in full force. I think that would be super cool. Um, one of the things with the monthly updates, is the video only allows you to show i think google meets only lets you show like nine people at a time so there's been times where we have like 15 to 20 people and you can't even you can't even tell uh because of that limitation so just fun to get representation for all the the builders and all of their hard work yeah i think that'd be quite the quite the show for us if we brought 20 people to a twitter space that were all part of the same team so um but I mean, it's 11.05, um, the room has filled up a little bit. Um, so why don't we start the AMA? Um, and like Carter said, this is a great opportunity. We have two uh, core developers here. So if you wanna ask about protocol arbitrage or spe uh, specifically anything about Silk um, or obviously anything else, uh, the, the floor is yours, but let's raise your hand um, and we'll slowly just bring up speakers. That way people each have their own individual time. Um, and then we can can cycle through as we as we continue. So if you do have a question, uh, please raise your hand and, and we'll bring you up. Oh, did we lose Carter? Fisco, can you see Carter at all or no? Uh, no, I'm not seeing him in here. Okay, maybe we did lose him. Um, looks like Melch has a question. Long time community member. Let's bring him up as a speaker. Awesome, Melch, you are you are on stage. That's been. I was curious. I know Lend has been a lot of work. Wanted to see what updates he had there, and then also see uh, when Lend is done, what kind of applications he's dreaming about building when he's uh, post post shade Lend. Uh, so where Lend is right now, we're pretty much just buttoning it up before we send it out to to do an audit. Um, we actually had it uh, pretty close to complete a few months ago, um, and then we because of the, the scheduling for how we wanted to to launch the primitives and stuff we didn't want to rush things also we had the the, the you the, the silk model change so we took the time to make some improvements um so we're just finishing the the code cleanup basically uh, as a result of those improvements and then we're going to send that out to audit um, and then ship it with the rest of our products um, i don't know exactly what our what our uh schedule is beyond fall uh, but uh, Lend is looking like it'll be on time. And then what comes after Lend? Uh, uh, we have like 20 different ideas. It's a matter of picking one and doing it. So uh, I don't think I'm prepared to answer that question very concretely yet. Yeah, we just like to see what you devs are dreaming of. Thanks, Aspeman. <laughs> Thanks for letting me ask my question, Dalt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like like Aspeam said, the Lend, Lend module has been quote unquote complete for a little while now. Um, but with the model change and then with some last minute um, just changes, it's it's been good to just kind of make sure it's it's completely concrete and solid. Um, and then, yeah, we're buttoning it up and, and send it off to audits here shortly. But um, for everyone else who's joined, there's been quite a few people join in the last like two minutes or so. Um, we're doing a just open AMA. Um, so if you have a question for the core team, uh, one of the core team members here, feel free to raise your hand um, and we will bring you up and you can ask your question. 
um, and we'll try and answer it to the best of our ability. We have two core developers here, um, Sys and J and Sbeam. So Sys and J is our is our protocol arbitrage guy. Um, so if anybody has any questions for that, um, or or more so on the Mev side, feel free to ask. And then Sbeam is our is our Lend and kind of Silk developers. So if anybody has any questions about uh, Shade Lend or Silk in general, feel free to feel free to ask. But um, it looks like Melch is, well, Melch, I'll, I'll move you back down. Um, but if anybody else has a, has a question, feel free to raise your hand um, and we'll bring you up. Carter, you should also have a invite to speak as well. I know that you dropped off there for a second. JT, Montana with a, with a question request. I'm bringing you up. You are on stage, welcome. Uh hands-free driving right now so i'll i'll pose a, i'll pose a question what what is so special about protocol owned arbitrage and what does this unlock for for shade stakers yeah so protocol owned arbitrage is a, is a really cool idea because it allows the protocol to use staking capital um as another kind of like outlet for capital efficiency because a big question L2 protocols have is, well, what are we going to do with our staking capital? Like we have all these tokens that are locked up for the user. Um, how can we use that to, to benefit the user? And arbitrage is a great answer to that question because um, it's an extremely low risk um, way to lock up capital and uh, is completely liquid and, um, it's, it's very low risk and, and essentially you can earn any any kind of yield. The, the yield definitely depends a little bit upon how what the market's doing and the volatility in the market. Um, but it's a good way, it's a good use of staking capital and a, an underrepresented form of revenue for a protocol. How does how does Shape Protocol manage to win arbitrage interactions? Because traditionally you have institutions, they have really fast hardware. They're kind of like, seems like ahead of the curve when it comes to the speed game. So how in the world does the protocol, that's kind of this, you know, decentralized set of smart contracts, how does it, how does it compete? Yeah, so that's a great question because essentially arbitrage is normally just a speed game where the fastest person wins. Um, and the way that we we're planning on on getting around that is essentially through a privilege. You can't win arbitrage fair and square uh, without either being the fastest or having some sort of privilege. And so the, the beauty of this, this system that we're creating at Shade Protocol is since we own all of our contracts, we're also able to whitelist contracts um, to cheaper transactions. Um, and since you're able to privilege your contracts to interact with your other contracts at a at a discounted rate, um, you gain access to this exclusive range of profitability on these arbitrage trades. Because um, from from someone who who can't get around the uh, fees trying to arbitrage. You can only arbitrage the the opportunity down to a certain range where the prices are close enough, but they're not exactly the same um, because you just lose a little bit in 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 slippage and in fees. So, if you're able to get around that little that little range where it's like not enough, uh, you have this exclusive range where only our contract can arbitrage that. How how does this impact the pricing accuracy of the decks? Because traditionally, arbitrage is all about correcting prices. So, what what is the impact of the protocol being able to bypass certain fee ranges as it pertains to pricing accuracy? Um, essentially, this means that uh, since we have a contract that is arbitraging um, prices on our decks, our decks will have the uh, will consistently have the the closest prices um, in in comparing it to other uh, L two dexes. So essentially, our dex will will be more efficient than your average dex. 
Very cool. Those are those are all the questions I got. Thanks for thanks for answering. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. And then thank you, Carter, for asking that. Um, protocol arbitrage is a very, very interesting thing. It's also a very, very um, lucrative deal for the protocol if it's if it's done correctly. But uh, I did bring up JT. It looks like JT had a question. He raised his hand. Um, so JT, you are on the speaker list. Feel free to uh, ask your question. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, so I had a question about uh, Silk and kind of like in the, the greater Cosmos ecosystem, uh, particularly with uh, like how it ties in with uh, with IBC, because I know, you know Secret Network has like all the, the privacy features where, you know, you, you can't really see everyone else's transactions. So how is that going to work? You know, like, say, if you want to you'll use Silk on Osmosis or some other uh, blockchain, you know, how, how would that work? Yeah, absolutely. I think Carter or Christian is best best suited to answer this one. Yeah, so essentially once you leave secret network, you lose you lose the underlying privacy. So pretty much like there'll be a transparent version of Silk that lives on top of all the other IBC chains that essentially is a voucher that you can deposit when you're bridging back over into secret network to get the privacy preserving version of Silk. That's like a very simplified explanation of like how IBC tokens kind of interoperate between each other. Um, probably too simplified actually. But so, yeah, I mean, that's why it, when you're on secret network using the shade protocol applications, that's where you're fully able to leverage all of those privacy features. Um, but obviously silk, even without privacy, is going to be a exceptionally strong stable coin. Um, no matter what, whether, whether it has privacy or not. So it'll definitely be, we're aiming to get it, as available as possible to as many DeFi applications all over the cosmos because we want to drive um, utility for for Silk, which makes it more demanded and more useful and more liquidity and kick off that sustainable organic flywheel cycle based off of genuine demand from users wanting the service that is Silk. Awesome. Christian, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, no, I think, I think Carter, Carter hit the nail on the head. Awesome. JT, does that does that kind of fully answer the answer the question there? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, all right. I'm going to bring up silhouette. It looks like, um, and then red. I will bring you up after after silhouette asks his question. But silhouette, you're on stage. Welcome. Hi guys. So I have a fast question. Um, is there any uh, lately in the Cosmos ecosystem, the order book wars are beginning to pop off. Is there any ambition for the future to roll out a version of an order book DEX for our shade DEX? Ooh, that's a, that's a great question, isn't it, Carter? <laughs> that's a great question. Wouldn't that be some alpha? Yeah, I think, I think that would be an insanely... Um, uh, I think that'd be an insane piece of alpha, or it would be an insanely good product to leverage for Shade Protocol, wouldn't it? I, I believe so, yes. Yeah. Would make a lot of sense. It's too bad we can't answer that question, Silhouette, but, you know, reading between the lines and whatnot. I don't know if there are any lines to read between, but, um, yeah, it is a very good question. Um, I think they have been popping up quite recently, um, kind of everywhere um and it would like you said i think it would make sense um if if shade swap could potentially have one um i i don't know if any other question besides time will tell uh i don't know if there's any other answer besides that it cannot confirm or deny let's put it that way does that does that answer your question so what <laughs> well yes <laughs> i i think it says a lot so thank you <laughs> yeah yeah no worries um sounds good let's bring up red um red longtime standing community member uh also house of shade podcast but uh you are on stage welcome awesome thanks for giving me a chance to ask a question um this is this question is primarily for s beam um and we we briefly touched on it in one of the house of shade episodes but I was just wondering if you could kind of explain the difference between the design of Shade Lend and products such as Ave or uh, the Sienna Lend product, and then how was that design kind of shaped around the integration of Silk? 
into this DeFi primitive? Sure. So uh, lending markets like Aave and Sienna Lend, uh, those are those are a type of lending market called the money market. And um, the way they work is uh, there's a list of whitelisted collateral, let's say Bitcoin, Ethereum, and, and Secret. Uh, anyone can come to the money market and they can deposit any of those three tokens in any amount. Um, and that those funds go into a deposit pool. Um, and then users can also borrow funds from those pools. And um, you have to deposit funds to get collateral, and then you can borrow any of the other tokens in the, in the, in the pools. So a typical use case might be someone has Bitcoin, they want to deposit their Bitcoin, earn a little bit of yield on the Bitcoin. The Bitcoin is collateral, then they can go borrow secret. Or, you know, there's usually a stable coin too. People can borrow a stable coin. Um, so those are, those are uh, there's obviously no value created necessarily. Um, you know, you know, like we, if we wouldn't be able to create silk or stabilize silk using that mechanism. The best thing we could do is support silk as a whitelisted asset, but people would still need a place to get the silk from. So what Lend is, 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 a, is a collateralized debt position based coin. Uh, so these similar, similar protocols are DAI, make, or MakerDAO, uh, Abracadabra, uh, and there's a bunch of smaller ones. Um, so the, you deposit your funds, and then when you take out your loan, you don't get to choose to borrow from the deposited funds, you get to mint uh, silk at the peg value. Uh, so it creates silk, and then when you repay the debt, it burns the silk. Um, so the economics are different. The use cases are different because you can only borrow one token. Uh, so those are the primary differences. And um, you know, there, there's obviously a there's a lot I can go into about what that means for silk. Uh, I think the best bet is probably to read some of our published material. I think we have uh, in the white paper uh, an explanation of how debt positions uh, stabilize silk and so on. Uh, it's a big topic, so I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I, I appreciate the the color you provided there. I still hear questions from the community about how Shade Land is going to be different from Sienna Land. Um, just seeing two, two lending products uh, being built on Secret Network when there's a bunch of other uh, sort of DeFi products that still need to be built out, like new types of products. And so being able to distinguish between the two um, and showing like their particular use cases and what they, what they do best uh, is important for community. Yeah, actually, I, I guess um, I should be a little bit more explicit then about the, the differences between Sienna Lend and, and Shade Lend. Um, in terms of in terms of use cases, uh, they they fit different users despite them both being lending protocols. Um, so the act of depositing collateral to uh, collateralize a debt position is common among both. But uh, generally, the interest rates on Shade Lend will be better because on a market like Sienna Lend, the interest rate that you pay when you borrow depends on utilization. So. Uh, if half of the money in a pool is borrowed, that's one interest rate. If 70% of the money in the pool gets borrowed, the interest rate goes up. Um, that's good for the depositors because they earn the interest, but it's bad for the borrowers because uh, you pay more interest. So in our case, because the focus of Lend is to collateralize silk um, and earn a little bit of revenue along the way, the interest rates can be lower. Um, and the way we kind of control for demand, so the, the elastic interest rates on a money market like Sienna Lend are a mechanism to capitalize on demand and to reduce demand. Um, so for example, if 100% of the money in a pool is borrowed, the original depositors can't withdraw their money. There's no money to withdraw. So you need some incentive for people to put money back in the pool. And oftentimes you'll see interest rates of 80, 90, or 100% in that case. Um, so that kind of forces people to pay money back. In our case, we don't really care if you pay the money back. And, qu and quite honestly, we, we hope you don't. We want the silk to remain in circulation, uh, but we still need a mechanism to control for demand and supply. And uh, we do that with caps. So here's an example. Uh, 
if we allow you to deposit Bitcoin and we say, there's a 1% interest rate on Bitcoin loans, we set a cap and say, you can only borrow up to 5 million silk in Bitcoin. So the total amount of debt that, that we can all have collectively against Bitcoin is 5 million silk. So if that 1% interest rate is too low and there's too much demand for Bitcoin loans, we still won't create too much silk. So that we, that's how we would control the supply uh, without basically price gouging our borrowers. Um, and then the, 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 I guess the big difference is the currency that you get. Um, in our case, you would borrow silk. Um, in Sienna Lens case, you could borrow pretty much anything except for silk. Um, so if you want to borrow something else, yeah, you have to go somewhere else. Awesome. I, I really appreciate you making those distinctions, especially about how uh, it dif- directly impacts uh, borrowers. Um, and yeah, because I would assume that's most people that are interacting with these lending products. Obviously, some people are going to want to deposit some funds into something like a money market lending product. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate you providing that sort of clarity. That that personally clears up some things for me, and I hope uh, a bunch of other people as well. Yeah, and we'll have, as we approach mainnet launch, I think we'll have a blog post specifically dedicated to Shade Lens that should explicitly outline all the user stories and kind of walk through at length everything that uh, SBM just just walked through. So I think, yeah, one of we have so many products launching that education is one of our most difficult problems right now is there's just like so many things that need to be covered. Um, so any sort of misunderstanding of what Shade Lend is and how it compares to other lending products, like that's on us, the the team to do a better job of educating people. So definitely noted and we'll, we'll improve on that front. If, if I'm not mistaken, uh, SBeam, is there going to be a Shade Lend white paper? I we did we did uh, draft a white paper. Um, I think at this point, though, the Shade Lend white paper is going to be part of like a V two of Silk, or a V two white paper for Silk. Yeah, uh, the docs. I'm wrong. Yeah, the docs right now have talk talk about at least the stability mechanism coming from Lend, but Shade Lend is a standalone app being fully explained that's still being built out in docs and. The, the white paper is just such a silly beast at this point. It's just, we're just trying to wrangle it into, into V2 because there's, there's just so many products we're trying to, trying to cover uh, cohesively. So I appreciate it. I look forward to uh, getting to dig through some more documentation when it comes out. Yeah, and I was going to mention, Carter, as well as like when all these products start launching out, our, our Git book of, of products is going to continually grow. Um, so if anybody has seen that, that we've posted around on Twitter and, and all of our other social media, um, our Git book is going to be a living document that basically outlines Shade Protocol as a whole and all of the document or all of the products that we're that we're releasing. So if anybody and it's not going to be a technical um, documentation either. So it's going to be a very digestible, digestible and very easy to read document um, that will outline all of those. So as we launch and release more products, um, that document will continue to grow. So just be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, but Red, thank you for, thank you for asking those questions. Um, those, are, those are definitely very good questions to ask, especially on the differentiating on the market side as well as to how our products are different. One thing we could do too is we could, we could spin up a Discord channel for Docs feedback um, just because we we probably want as much user testing and user feedback on the the readability of the the documentation so maybe we can kick off an initiative that just kind of if anyone finds any errors in the documentation or has any questions because there's ambiguity in there that would be really good for us to just continue to improve the the quality of that documentation yeah absolutely we can we can definitely do something like that um, I know that we had a question up here. I think his username was Austin. Um, but if anybody, it looks like he's not here anymore. But if anybody does have um, any more questions, feel free to raise your hand and we'll and we'll bring you up. Scrolling through here, seeing if I can if I can see any recognizable names. I see JXR. I see CryptoChem. Um, oh, Austin's back. Okay, sounds good. Bring you up, Austin. You are on stage. Welcome. Hey guys, thanks for having me on stage. Um, I just wanted to see if you guys could quickly touch on how um, 
like cross chain integration of shade would look like in like i guess a, just a broad sense i haven't done as much digging into your the documents available now but um yeah i appreciate it so yeah great question austin uh obviously multi-chain interoperability has to be a part of the vision of any protocol at the point that, you know, we're in 2022, 2023. And, and obviously we, we live in the Cosmos ecosystem, which means that type of functionality is directly part of our, our end goal. Uh, Cause it's valuable for users to be able to use assets where they want them, how they, how they want them. Right. Um, so simply put once secret network upgrades to Cosmosm um, 1.0, we are able to have silk, be well silk and shade because they're both they're both snip snip tokens on secret network both will be bridgeable to any other ibc compatible chain assuming we have i I don't know if it's relayer dependent i think that's just generally unlocked at that point we could have a validator potentially comment on on that um so yeah that's that's the beauty once secret network upgrades cosmosm standard we immediately have you know both of our flagship tokens capable of bridging to other ecosystems and those products can immediately start, you know, integrating with with Silk and with Shade. I think the greatest demand will be for Silk on DEXs all over the cosmos. Like we're going to be pushing, pushing, uh, you know, trying trying to get people to to list it. Obviously, you want to be careful with speed of growth. We've seen like the potential downsides of like not having your liquidity in a good spot on kind of your your home chain versus external chain. So I think like. We definitely want to take the sustainable growth approach when it comes to bringing Silk to multiple ecosystems. And then from there, any sort of money market that wants to use Silk and Shade, like we'll be on the lookout for that. Um, pretty much going to need the BD team to, to be full steam ahead on, on talking with teams that are interested in collaboration, creating pools that work, work together to deepen liquidity. Um, super interested too on like the stables stable front in cosmos there's so many stable coins emerging and i've said this before but stable coins are one of the unique products that actually work together super well they don't necessarily have to be competitive just because stable coins stable coins strong together um even though that's a kind of a a luna phrase from back in the day is absolutely true like deepening deepening liquidity collectively is a super strong use case so that's that's kind of my rundown of what ibc will unlock and shape protocol devs have actually been helping with the cosm wasm one testing and have have even helped work on some of the implementation work a little bit which is something most people on secret network don't necessarily know about so shout out to all of the devs helping on that front awesome yeah that covers it completely and i i think like using the stablecoin integration to for like dow treasuries in the future is going to be a great way to deepen liquidities so I'm excited. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Austin. Wonderful question. Yeah, I think the the main point, especially in my mind, Carter, is the overextending yourself too quickly, right? It brings up a whole variable, like brings up a whole amount of variables in regards to liquidity and and being able to wash trade and and play with things um, regarding tokenomics. That if you didn't overextend yourself um, right off the bat, you'd be able to protect a little bit better. Um, so I think that's been the downfall of some projects in the past, um, they've overextended themselves on growth a little too quickly. Um, and it hasn't led to, to the most, like to the best outcome, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, thank you, Austin, for that, for that question. Um, a really, really good one. Uh, let's, uh, let's bring the next person up here. Who's, who's got the next question. I'll, I'll add in one last piece because I think it's important to define like what does sustainable growth look like for silk? That's it's, as sim- it's, as, it's as simple as this. Users demand their respective DeFi platforms to integrate with Silk because they want to use it because it's useful, right? That, that's what like sustainable expansion looks like is when it's the users that are kind of organically pushing their respective platforms to list Silk and to use Silk. Um, obviously, BD still has a healthy role to play in that equation, uh, but the, the real danger is using your existing tokenomics to try to push the growth too aggressively. And yeah, you have to be, you have to be careful with that. And so a lot of projects have worked around this by doing like matching incentive programs. Um, still want, you still got to be careful with the size of those campaigns. And uh, I think ultimately we're, we're biased, we're biased towards patients and waiting for users to, to a degree to, to advocate for the product itself. If, if we do our job, we do our job well 
So that's what sustainability looks like in my opinion. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, yeah, let's let's bring up the next question here. Uh, I'm gonna go through and see if I can find anybody find anybody else that's familiar. I see a Nons in here, the most successful secret network NFT project to date. Um, Wait, what's happening tomorrow with the or two days from now with the Nons? Is that two days from now? Is is it the magical day? Season what is, two. What is Woo! today? It's the twenty seventh uh, for yeah. us. So they're releasing on the 29th, correct? Yes. Be sure to go follow Anons. Great secret network project. They embody the privacy ethos. And uh, yeah, season two. Season two is going to be sick. I, I wanna. I'm gonna buy a season two, and then buy the costume. And at Halloween, I'm gonna be my <laughs> one. That's that, that's the play. The only time you'll ever hear Carter tell you to buy something outright. I'll never tell you to buy shade or silk, but but NFTs, heck yeah. <laughs> the one, only thing, only the one thing he's a maxi on. <laughs> um, yeah, awesome. Well, I see I see a lot of familiar faces. Uh, we have rabbits. We got Amir Winston's in the Winston's in the space. Um, let's see if Mr. Garbanzo or is in here. Um, Zenopy, a classic Discord member. He's been around since day one. Um, welcome. See Cosmos Haas as well. Uh, again, Rebel DeFi. Uh, looks like Terra Spaces is in here. Uh, very cool. But nice. uh, yeah, if anybody else has um, has a question uh, specifically for the one of the core protocol teams, please please raise your hand. Looks like Rebel has a question. Bring you up here. Awesome, Rebel. You're on stage. Welcome. Awesome, guys. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Um, I mean, I love what you guys are building, but just um, sort of try and play devil's advocate for a moment. Like a shade protocol, like trying to support DeFi on Secret Network or maybe take over DeFi on Secret Network. Could you maybe just talk on that and like because the amount of projects that you're developing? Yeah, no, I, th I think it's an interesting question. So I, I think when we when we frame things like that, um, I think it's important to acknowledge that tokens represent incentives and they represent alignment, right? And so obviously, because we kind of have this vision for building out many, many products, um, tokenomics wise, like we're obviously biased towards supporting supporting our own own products. Like I think that's that's a fair a fair thing to acknowledge. I don't think that's I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, but ultimately what we're we're hyper focused on is providing the best possible experience for users as it pertains to like all these different DeFi services. And um, I think having multiple products on the network only pushes those respective projects to keep improving the service that's provided to users. So personally, from my standpoint, um, I don't think Shade Protocol being the only DeFi and Secret Network is even a healthy thing, like in terms of pushing the envelope of what's possible. So um, I would hope there's as many products here that build out and that we pull as many users into this ecosystem as possible. Um, it's, I always kind of talk about, um, would you rather own 20% of a billion dollars or 5% of like a hundred billion dollars, right? It's kind of like you would rather have a much larger pie than like have control over a smaller pie. And so I think if, if you're, if L1s, if dApps are in a mindset of like, ooh, I like, I just wanna, I just wanna win on this chain. I, th I think that's just like so short-sighted compared to like how much value can be unlocked within a collective DeFi ecosystem and having products work together and having users, you know, interacting with multiple products. So, in summary, do I want Shape Protocol to be the leading DeFi ecosystem, like um, set of products on Secret Network? Absolutely. Do we want no competition? No, that's not healthy. And that means there's less services for people to use on Secret Network. And we want as much utility for users here at the end of the day, because someone then will discover Shade Protocol products through someone else's product because they, you know, they got their Kepler wallet, they bought some secret, they ended up here experimenting and they end up discovering us. So, um, and, and vice versa, like there's people will discover other people's products that aren't Shade Protocol if they come to Secret Network because like people will, people will poke around. So that's that's my kind of holistic stance on it. It's all about the users and having teams push each other to provide better services. Um, but it is it is competitive out there. There's there's no there's no doubt about it. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time to speak on that, Carter. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. 
Yeah, I think just in my own my own opinion, it it doesn't lead to healthy growth when you don't have competition. Um, it usually leads to kind of a, a stagnant stagnant growth, um, and you become complacent as a project. And so, like Carter said, for obvious reasons, like we want to be the best and we want to be the most successful DeFi project on Secret Network. But of course, if we ever want to be innovative, if we ever want to push the envelope and continue to to define what it means to have centralized finance on on the blockchain, then you need competition and you need people that are either in front of you or behind you as well to push you to create those those new ideas and the new innovation paths to to have a more efficient product or create a different marketing scheme that reaches more people. Like all of these different things that competition breeds, you you need that. And so to not have competition unfortunately just leads to a lot of um, stagnant growth. Uh, so I think it's, I think it's healthy. Um, and like Carter said, I would, I would love to see other projects as well on secret network, um, that are kind of in the relatively same space to kind of push that, push that innovation. But thank you rebel for, for asking that question. Um, it's always good to play a little bit of devil's advocate, right? Um, but, uh, let's see if there are any other questions? Um, and if not, we might, uh, we might cut this one at 11.45 here, so in four minutes um, for us, uh, just as in we have, we have quite a bit of meetings today, unfortunately. Um, so if anybody has any final questions, uh, please raise your hand, um, and we will bring you up on stage. And then we will be jumping off here in about three to five minutes. Carter, I guess, um, as we wait for the last question, or Christian or Sisson, you guys have any have any final thoughts um, or anything like that? Oh, hang on, hold those final thoughts. We have we have one question from Blessed Hammer, so let's bring him up really quick. Perfect. Yep, loud and clear. I uh, why are you guys so dope with this stuff, man? I love it. I'm always on these spaces. <laughs> you guys are innovating like crazy, and I'm so hyped right now. Why is it so dope? That's my main question. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. Um, I don't know. I I think I think we all just have an absolute passion for what we do. Um, Carter, I know you can speak to this as well, but I'll just I'm chopping at the bit over here. <laughs> yeah, I'll give a quick I'll give a quick answer. Like we all just have absolute passion at the end of the day for what we do. Um, and I think it's also it's also down to to the values that we hold um, as well, just as an internal team um, and as a protocol as a whole. It's just if you hold the correct values and you and you stay true to those, you don't lose sight of what the actual vision is, um, and you make the decision best for that vision. And so it just lends itself to to putting those things first. Um, but I'll let I'll let Carter dive into like what those things are specifically. Yeah, I I think the 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 birth of innovation comes from constraints and i think i think one of the constraints that really have pushed the team and the community is i think there's been this kind of mis maybe not misnomer but this assumption that the only thing that a, a project could do in a privacy preserving ecosystem with defi is to add privacy like that's it right like oh like that's that's the one extra feature you added cool like no big deal um and I think from day one, we've always said that if we want to truly do something special, that adding privacy isn't isn't like enough, which is kind of it's kind of controversial, right? Like we deeply, deeply value privacy and privacy is extremely valuable. But we believe we have to go above and beyond to innovate. We have to innovate on DeFi itself and add on privacy. And so I think that kind of chip on the shoulder to be like, we we're not going to settle for just you know, copy, paste, DeFi, add privacy. I, I think like that uh, urgency to also innovate on the capital efficiency and the creativity within all these products has really borne something special because that, that, that creates a, a moat that's like super, super difficult to penetrate if we all collectively do our, our, our job right. So that's, that's the first piece that I think is special is like uh, the collective team and community didn't settle for just adding privacy. And I think that that was like a big, a big turning point from day one. I think the second thing is, is obviously the, the community. Um, I think what's so special about the community is this really open discourse. Um, and I think, I think part of that discourse has come from other projects kind of 
breaking down because they don't have that transparency and that line of communication. Um, specifically when you're launching financial applications like a stablecoin, we've seen what can happen with stablecoin projects. And so I think the community has really challenged the core team to be as communicative as possible and to be, and to like have hard dialogue about the economic levers out in the open. And so I think those are the two things that, that make the community special. One is just the drive to make the products truly unique. And then two, this, this constant hunger to have the really deep discourse, to challenge assumptions um, and to, to continue to, to innovate. I think those are two really big pieces of the puzzle that's special. And yeah, the final, final piece I think is character. I think that if, if you sat down with the various kind of community members and developers, um, there, there's just like really solid people here with excellent work ethic, um, I think there's just a, a brutal amount of honesty and integrity. And you'll notice that in like crypto, people don't really talk about character. It's like, it's like taboo. People don't talk about the character of leadership, the character of the, the community members. And I just think we have incredible people here that, um, and that character generates, generates trust. And, you know, it's funny because in the world of crypto, we don't want to, we don't want to trust, we don't want to trust people, right? Like we're trying to create systems. So we remove the human element. And yet, the human element is like ultimately what, what makes it all possible in the first place. So that's an, that's an interesting little tension there when it comes to building things out. So anyways, that's, those are some of my, my thoughts, blessed hammer and just like super glad that you're stoked and thanks for being part of the community and keep bringing your, your curiosity and excitement to the table. Yeah. Thanks, man. Like I said, I'm on almost all of these spaces and every single week you guys are bringing something new and innovative to the table. And it's just mind blowing. I, I can't wrap my wrap my head around the possibilities that, you know, you guys are you guys are just scratching the surface and then unlocking so much potential. And it's like, where do we go from here? I don't know. Let's just do it though. And you guys are here building this privacy preserving yet transparent, open to the community, uh, you know, system. And I, it's it's just it's amazing. So, a huge shout out to you guys, Shade Team, Secret Team all those guys working behind the scenes. Uh, I, it brings new love and interest and excitement and passion back to uh, crypto that almost died for me personally a couple of years ago. So that's what brought me into the Cosmos was secret. Uh, community kept me here with all of the Cosmos teams uh, on all the different chains. And I just think it's all awesome the way everything's just meshing together. So I just had to give a shout out. I haven't given a good one and a week or two so thanks guys and and that my friend is the stuff that keeps devs up till 4am right there that that moment right there that like when when you share that with us that it's it goes a really long ways like i i get <laughs> like i'm serious like it's 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 a lot there's been many many hours so yeah i'm i'm yeah that's huge man I was I was just about to say that is the literal reason why we do what we do um, and why we why we work with the people that we work with for for people to have that reaction. And that's our end hope as to how we make everyone that interacts with us feel at one point or another, that they're welcome here, that they're accepted and that this is for them. And it's not just for a very specific person or a very specific group of people. It is for everyone. Um, so yeah, like Carter said, that, that goes in unbelievable ways, um, with us and, and with everyone who's, um, in this ecosystem, but, uh, no, that just, that means, that means so much. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Hammer. Uh, let's, let's bring up Cosmo Haas. Uh, he requested to speak really quick and then this will probably be our last question here just cause we're. We're near in the end, but uh, you are on stage, Cosmos Sauce. Welcome. Yeah, I didn't have any. Thanks for having me up. I uh, was just been listening, listening, and I wasn't able to speak. But yeah, I just wanted to to second that. You know, like I'm, I got to meet a lot of you guys down Texas, and it was you guys are very genuine, and that's the type of people that I like to be around and in real life and put myself, you know, in those situations. And for anyone out there, if you ever get a chance to go to like any crypto event in person. I highly recommend it where, wherever it is, even if it's technically not like an IBC thing or if it's not with shade. I mean, you'll get to meet a lot of people, especially when the market's down like it is right now. 
people that are there are very genuine. They want to be there. They're not there because their bags are pumping. They they're there because they think this is going to change the future. And when I got to meet like the shade team at the central and then um, at the Kilroy and all that, it was a very good time. It was like, I knew everyone there like my whole life and stuff like that. So that's the type of people that are building this, um, you know, they're building this. So they're very genuine people and, you know, hats off to all you guys. And it's, I can't wait the next time I get to kick with all you guys. So that's all. I just wanted to share that. Thank you very much. Um, it was a pleasure to meet you down in Austin as well, especially at the central. That was a, that was a really fun time. Um, I know for, for most of the team that that was actually their first, uh, conference that they had ever gone to. Uh, and so to have that environment to kind of be exposed to right off the bat, um, where everyone there was super genuine and everyone that was there because they wanted to be there. And like you said, not because their bags were, were just going off. Um, I think it was a really, really good introduction to like why we do what we do and why we're in this space in general. Um, but appreciate that a lot. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. It's, it, it motivates me too, like meeting everyone and like it's just it's it fascinates me like how excited people are just to meet me you know i'm just like a, a guy i'm just a guy that loves technology i'm technically a real life accountant and it's like i've you know i, I do work hard but it's just so cool to to see all the passion because i'm a very passionate person and that's what i meet and even in my shows and i hop in this everyone's got so much passion in cosmos and no matter what type of project it is or what chain it is and it's just really great like i really feel, feel like it's more than like just the technology it's a movement like you were saying we're building these these systems so you don't technically have to trust people but really that's what it comes down to is meeting genuine people and you know like like shade and secret and all the all these different chains it's almost like your identity like you can relate to it it's like you own it and it's a piece of you so just keep doing what you guys are doing and kudos and i'll be in touch and uh good luck with everything and it, it goes for anyone in here that's listening my dms are always open if there's anything i could ever help with anyone out with always reach out to me. I'll do whatever I can to help anyone. So take care, everyone. Appreciate it, brother. I mean, I think you said, I think you said what something that resonated, like we're all just, we're all just regular people, right? Like everyone here is just a regular person that has a dream and, and wants to build something for the future. And and that's why I think we have that passion because we know it, it could be something that ends up changing, changing how we, how we live and how we function in the, in the space. So um, it's the uh, it's the what if, yep. The what if that keeps you up at night, you know. Hell yeah, like, man. Dude, there's a very good chance, like ninety five percent of what gets built anywhere won't be here in a couple of years. But but it's that what if that makes it worth the risk, right? Hell yeah, it's better. That's better than just sitting back and doing nothing. You know what I mean? It's like, what's the point of that? You got to at least try, right? Like. Yeah. I played ball at a high level. I coached at a decently high level. I always taught like, hey, as long as you give it your all and you try your all, that's all you can do at the end of the day. You don't want to, you don't want to be like, I'm 36. You don't want to be 36 one day, and and when you're in your 20s, like most builders are, and then you go, oh well, why was I so lazy? Like, why didn't I give it my all? Now I'm just here with nothing, you know. But at least you're trying and doing things. Like you said, there's no guarantees. Like every single crypto can go to zero, but at least we're all trying and we're giving it all, you know, we're all doing what we have to do. So I think it's going to work. I mean, it really, I, I, I firmly believe it. At least I'm going to try it. And I think you guys are doing the same. So it's all we can do, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think we'll end on that positive note, everyone. <laughs> those, were, those were two very great, great uh, bring-ups in the last 10 minutes here. But um, as always, appreciate all of you guys being on this space. It means the world to us um, just to have these open community discussions. Um, and, and we will continue to do so as long as we are working on this project. So every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. UTC, we will be here on Twitter discussing community topics, Shade Protocol products, anything under the sun, um, what Carter's wearing for Halloween. So any <laughs> topics that come up, um, we will be discussing them. But uh, appreciate all of you guys for jumping on. Make sure to go follow us on all of our socials. Um, they're on our link tree. They're, they're tagged everywhere uh, just to stay up to date with all the, all the announcements. But um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your evenings, mornings, afternoons, wherever you are at. All right. Thanks, everyone. Plenty of room in the shade. Have a good one, yes, guys. Sir. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Shade Protocol weekly Twitter space, recorded on Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening.
When I'm ripping and rapping, I ain't picking the bastards who be tricking the masses into getting their asses kicked. Feels like I've been getting my masters. Fuck a pump and double like the income that's passive. Raise up the bar before I fly right past it. I'll be writing rhymes till they put me in a casket. Old man shit, put the lotion on its skin. Then put that shit back in the damn basket like Buffalo Bill, the way I'm ruffling feathers. Snuffing out debt, cut the heads off collectors. Keep a couple heads in a jar as keepsakes. And take the rest and turn them into freebase. Upgrade the feelings, supply the free base Looking all professional, tools in the briefcase Running on empty from gassing up my teammates First one down, let me know how that sleep tastes Impossible, defending the plausible from end to demonstrable. The mission isn't even worried about the clearance. Running interference till our enemies fear us. We're only one disappearance away from a bad day. Everybody trying to save face on the last day. Feeling fancy, about to pull out the masse. Drop the eight ball in passing, that's so passe. I'm getting nasty, you cannot put it past me. A mix between blasphemy and tuck everlasting. Feeling like a masterpiece, looking like a tragedy. Trying to get through another day full of savagery. Getting headstrong from working in the mess hall, all hands on deck waiting for our next haul, I need the rest, got big plans to eject, so feed the grass and keep off the Kleenex. I am interested in magic because I am fascinated with psychology, I love to learn about how people make inferences about how they draw conclusions and find patterns and information, and in particular, I'm interested in all that can go wrong. Uh, how an individual can be led astray by certain cognitive vulnerabilities or exploited.